So the Jimny overtook you. I was pushing my bike, I think. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the sound check out of the way. Oh, Does that sound clear? Is it all good? This is um, the first international. We're going international, bro. <laughs> well, kind of like mixed bag, eh? Half international. Oh, do you mean half international? Oh, uh, yeah, because you're originally from yeah. here, isn't it? Yeah, dude. I, I really am. I really am. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. let's almost start there. Um, where are you from? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, I grew up outside Durban in a small little town called Kloof. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, on the edge of this huge wilderness, uh, like, a, like, a, like a playground. Okay. Um, yeah, 5,000 hectares of, of nature reserve. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite a privilege, quite a privilege. Okay, and now you are in Wales. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the actual logic was uh, because my boys, you know, it's not like I'm moving back to South Africa and I can I could afford them the childhood that I had, which was fairly unique, which was unique, not fairly, which yeah. was unique. Um, but at least by moving away from London and into the mountains, I could give them opportunities to go, you know, running, hiking, climbing, surfing, kayaking, mountain biking, everything. So like North Wales is like the, for for a while they called it the adventure playground of Europe. I don't know if it actually was, but that's how they were selling it. You know? That's super when right. That's super right. Yeah, no, It's yeah. kind of like yeah. our garden route now or what it's become. Yeah. I can imagine, eh? Yeah. I can imagine. So look, yeah, I mean, the trail running. Mm. No, no, you can wait. Yeah, Sorry. the trail running. No, I'm just saying the trail running, the way the scene and the mountain biking scene is taken off on the garden route, from what I can see, you know, just like people going out and doing these FKTs and everything of all, like flipping awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, want to be there. Yeah, and it's um, it's proper mountains, eh? Like at the yeah. go side. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, so you are yeah. full on adventure racer, um, owner of a YouTube channel and then a reporter for something... I reckon a lot of us follow very closely is the Sleep Monsters. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. actually how we met. Eh? The first time was yeah. at the EA, <laughs> sleeping in a cliff yeah. somewhere in the Bavarians, freezing. Yes, I still remember yeah. you had one of those small Bialetti thingies. And we had to go through I that river a... that morning and you made us like a fresh brew. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The coffee, eh? yeah. Yes, that was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, a little pumping away, a little bit. And it makes like only enough for one espresso each time. But yeah, but I mean, it was hot enough for that cold we had to endure. So, <laughs> all a win. Yeah, and it's all a win. It's awesome yeah. that we're having this conversation now because it's exactly the same location. I mean, as in, you know? Yeah, I mean, this, ours, is, this is full circle, full circle all the way. But now you're on the other yeah. side, eh? You're not reporting, it's, you're not through the lens. No. Nah. No, no, no. It's, um, you know, ever since I saw EA take place, I think was the first one, Hermanus. I can't remember now. But, you know, I've been following EA since the very first one and going like, oh, flipping heck, I wish I was back there doing an expedition race. And uh, when the first one was in the Drakensberg, I think that was 2014. I can't remember. But that one, I was like, oh, because that was my kind of playground growing up, you know, like to go yes. inland and, and go to the Drakensberg. 
And, um, you know, I, I couldn't do it, I, you know, for various reasons. And then over the years, and then to go report on it and see it up close, it was incredible as an experience, but it was also like putting the knife a little bit deeper, you know, like, <laughs> it's so cool and I'm not doing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, that route that Stefan put together in, in Bavian's last time was incredible. And I remember when a lot of teams finished that event, they were like, whoa, this is a step up, you know, in, in the kind of EA challenge level. Okay. Uh, and, you know, like going that, that, that hike through the, the canyon with that kind of with the leopard area and everything yes. where the buffalo were. I mean, that was a once in a lifetime experience because nobody's allowed to just hike through there. Yeah, so I, I mean, was really. That's a very special thing about, I think, Expedition Africa or all, like now World Champs being hosted. Um, again, in our media briefs and so on, they mentioned all the landowners and private land that you go through during the race. I mean, mm. that's quite special because if you're not yeah. there when it happens, you can't yeah. just summer vacation and then go on your own yeah. up this mountain through this Oaks farmlands. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and that's yeah, a thing on. they always do, eh? They always yeah. well, up the… Take you somewhere special. Thank you so much, special. Exactly, exactly. That's what um, I think. Besides the all about the love and spreading the mm. stoke, that's what they mm. they aim to do. And look, it's not not easy. I don't think this is going to be easy world champs. No. Eh? no, no. It's actually quite funny to see a number of quite experienced racers uh, on Facebook just saying, "I've got the, I've got the rilla," you know, like hey. <laughs> Can I handle this distance? I've never done 800 kilometers before, you know, however many kilometers it actually turns out to be. But just, it's quite funny to see the number of teams who, who not like swaggering in, they're going in like, hey, flipping heck, this is going to be a tough one. So I know Stefan, you know, he, he likes, I think the thing I love so much about EA, like watching it from the outside and now finally getting to do the world champs, because, you know, just coming back to what I was saying earlier, to see it from the outside and report on it and to speak one-on-one -on -one with competitors and teams and everything, you know, it's, it was such an incredible experience to, to, to like soak that all in. And then, so when the world champs came along, I had to, had to, had to make it possible, for, you know, to participate. Because yes. again, once in a lifetime and world champs in Africa, all those kind of things. But I think one of the things Stefan does that's so good is that he knows how to balance a race course so that you don't just get like pain stage after pain stage after pain stage. You know how to apply the pressure and then in the next stage, let it off a bit so you recover and then hit you with another whammy and then let you recover on the next stage. So that balance, that's very, very delicate. And I've been in many races where they just hit you with a sledgehammer and then they hit you with another one and another one and another one. And it grinds people down in a way that, yeah, it's a challenge, but it also can be so wearying. Yeah. And, you know, some just retire for that reason. So I think even those those competitors who are like <laughs> cucking a little bit, <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to, you know, if they've never experienced EA before, they will see that aspect of, oh, wow, wow, you know, this is actually doable. I, I love that about EA. I think we should just maybe take a step back. Just tell me, yeah. or all the listeners at least, what is the World Champs in EA? Like, how does the format work? So everyone's just on the same page before we go on with this yeah 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 so yeah for those who don't know expedition africa has been the the 
preeminent expedition race in South Africa for 10 years. And, uh, you know, Heidi and Stefan have, have run that, that, that event for all these years. And then, as most of you probably know, Heidi became the CEO of Adventure Racing World Series a couple of years ago. Um, well, she became a CEO last year, but she got involved as a media. I think she was in, uh, like hitting the media side of things. Yeah, they did a lot of the media at first and then yeah. it turned into, yeah. Yeah, now she's the CEO. So, you know, it's it's only fitting that, um, that I mean, I remember talking to Heidi for years. <laughs> like, you know, you just do like, hey, isn't there world champs going to be in South Africa? Isn't there world champs going to be in South Africa? Like, when is that going to happen? It's got to happen because it's such an incredible event and it's so popular and so many people come back. So now, finally, with with Heidi in in the driving seat, um, it's bringing together Expedition Africa and Adventure Racing World Series in terms of the World Championships are now finally being held for the very first time in Africa, and that's I think that's why you know when when the registration first opened, there were 150 teams who entered, which is like I don't think there's ever been an expedition race uh, that's had that number of entries. Maybe they have, but I've never heard of that, and. Uh, you know, that we're 109 teams, I think, now, uh, the final count. It's still but a it's, lot. Yeah, it's, it's a huge number. I mean, and the number is not the important thing. It's just that so many people are excited by this. Not just South Africans to have it on their home soil, but, you know, around the world, the reputation for Expedition Africa has just grown and grown and grown and grown. So um, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity that too good to pass up, too good to pass up. Okay. So it's 800 Ks, and then you have to be in a team of four, if I'm right. So who are you racing yeah. with then? Um, I'm racing with uh, three British-born teammates. Uh, one of them, Pete Daplin, I've raced with before in Spain and Czech. And, you know, uh, so I've raced with him for years. And, you know, we know how to bounce off each other, and, and we do – race orienteering against each other and all that kind of stuff. And then I've got two other teammates who I haven't raced with before, Helen Chapman and Kane McGee. Okay. And, uh, you know, they, they each in their own way, they're excellent. I'm the old guy. Um, I'm actually, what's it, 13 years older than the next. <laughs> I think you next, should say 13 years like, more experienced. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, I'm 55, so I'm no spring chicken. And then um, Helen and Peter are 42, and then Kane's about 35. Okay. Uh, um, Kane's the pack horse. But they've all got expedition racing experience. They all know what they're doing. They all fit. They all know how to navigate. Um, so I, the thing that I'm bringing to the table is, yeah, I've been doing this longer than they have. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, I, secondly, I know South Africa and, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, um, you know, our team is called Beacon on Safari uh, cool. and there's another Beacon Adventure Racing team uh, that's called Beacon Adventure Racing 2. So, um, and those, those in that team are also teammates that I've raced with from the beginning, my beginnings in adventure racing, which was back in 20, 2009. Um, so... It, we've got two teams going out. We've all trained and raced together in some in some permutation or another. And uh, in t for anybody who's not watching, Beacon on Safari is supposed to be the fast team out of these two teams. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, this is actually launching, or this episode will be live the Friday. Mm. So you will be a few days in already. 
Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, because wow. this, as we speak now, we are busy somewhere in the mountain in the wilderness. And yeah. if I'm <laughs> not mistaken, this would be the first day because this will be on the 20th. Friday the 20th. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that'll be 24 hours in, yeah. Something like 24 hours in. So yeah. if you can so. guess, what, what will be going through your mind then? Or Look, I'm now? just going to be so stoked. So stoked. And um, I have a very visceral relationship with South Africa. What I mean is, uh, and, you know, each, each person can speak for themselves, but I miss the dust. I miss the heat and I miss the dust. Like, and the rock. I miss the feel under my fingernails of of hot baking sand and desert and gravel and so it's not just hey i'm getting to race adventure racing and i'm with a great bunch of friends and we're gonna have a great experience for me there's actually i furlong yes <laughs> for the, the for the bush for the desert for the for the animals and you know i, I don't you know i've got a, a very comfortable life up here and in, in, in Wales and all that. I'm not. I'm not about to change all that, but I do for long for the bush, and so I can imagine 24 hours. And we probably won't have slept by then. We'll probably sleep on the second night. Yes. And and thereafter, um, but we'll you know we'll be pushing it hard. I suppose like most teams will be in those first 24 hours, and then we'll settle into a rhythm and we'll get some sleep under our belts and all that. But uh, um, I'll just be pinching myself, I'm sure, because my guesstimate is that. The race is probably going to start in Grafranet or somewhere up there in the Karoo, and it'll head, you know, from there towards the coast in some lazy fashion, you know, obviously not a straight line. So that's what I'm expecting. So I'm expecting right on the first day will be, if the weather forecast is right, it'll be baking heat and dust and dirt, and I love that. I love Amazing. it. So you guys wow. also do the whole speculation thing. I mean, on this yeah, yeah. side, Jeez. it is... Uh, Amazing how people can piece together things and speculate about like one photo that's being shared on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Of the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Heidi and Stefan posted a picture of their church uh, like a year ago. Oh, yeah. And immediately, you just, I just took the image. I didn't know where it was, but all I did is said, Google image, find me, you know, do a Google search on the image. Which, you know, if, if, any, if anybody's going to publish a recognizable building, Yes. Bling! <laughs> so, I don't have to know any names. I just say match this image, and that came up immediately. And in terms of the kayak stage, you know, um, the kayak stage looks like halfway through the race, and we're guessing it's on the Fisrafir. I mean, that seems to be the most obvious thing, um, but we'll see what the reality is. But uh, I, it's, I suppose, pretty wise of uh, Stefan not to release the actual stage distances and elevations yet. Yeah. Because, yeah we'd be sussing things out not necessarily accurately but we'd certainly be spending a lot of time trying to outguess them yeah i presume so i mean it's um from what everyone's gathered at the moment it's going to be um very long bike legs yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's my favorite discipline that I mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah. so did you um how how's training going for this like especially with the bike uh, legs, did you put more effort into cycling? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm undertrained, uh, and I'd rather go in undertrained than overtrained. But okay. my undertraining is partly to do with a very hectic uh, uh, life, you know, day to day life going on at the moment. And I've I kind of tweaked my back, which didn't help, and I've kind of we... been seeing a 
uh, you know, kind of stuff. So I had to kind of throttle back a little bit. And um, but you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not going in there injured. So yeah, okay, that's good. I think that's good because I know yeah. a lot of people. Um, I think you you know Safia as well. Like he talked golf yeah. muscle. Uh, I Ooh. know of other people that um, just recovered of malaria. Like I mean, Ooh. the list goes on, and everyone's just like mm-hmm. getting back onto mm-hmm. it. They've done the work leading up to this for let's say mm-hmm. the past year. They've been yeah. consistently just weighing the miles, and I presume now it's either you do it or you don't. But mm, mm. like it's a roller coaster, you have to grab on now and just take the plunge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and uh, you know, we don't know as a team how long we're going to take to do this. We've kind of estimated seven days, something like that. I mean, we certainly not a, we're not trying to race it because we just we just want to survive and like most people, I guess, experience everything, not be short course in any way. But um, you know, after day three, it's all mental anyway. So. Um, I'm just, uh, yeah, I think looking on Strava at a lot of other teams that I know of, you know, friends and all that kind of stuff, nobody seems to have been like really pushing it in terms of training. Maybe they did it months ago and I didn't see it, but I don't think so. It's like, I've been surprised at some really competitive teams, how, and I'm not talking the podium teams, but you know, in the top 10, top 15, maybe top 20. Some of those teams I know, I know people personally, and I'm just like, oh, I would have expected more, you know. And I certainly wanted to have done more by now, but it is what it is. It doesn't really matter now. Yo, that that seems to be the saying of adventure racing. Hey, it is what it mm. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. I haven't done an EA for quite a while. Um, mm. When do you do short course, or when? How does the short coursing thing work on this route or race? I don't know, eh? because Stefan's, I mean, he's given us some information, and but the fact that it's such a linear course, let's say compared to to Rodrigues, yeah, because somebody was asking me the other day, like they've never raced an EA race and they don't know much. They said, are there going to be many out and back loops that you see in some races? And I said, no, that's not something Stefan subscribes to at all. He likes long linear. Like you have to go from A to B to C, um, and the exception really is is uh, Rodrigues because you had to do that because it was such a small area that you had to have lots of out and back loops. But yeah. um, I know obviously there are short course options on this event, but you know right from the early days when they said to us it's going to be nine days open, you kind of immediately go well hey that's encouraging for any anybody who hasn't done an expedition race or if, even if they have, they haven't done expedition Africa as though, as you said earlier, it'll definitely be a tough event. Um, it's, they've given us a lot of time to cover that course, you know, much more than normal. So that's encouraging. Like, Hey, maybe we'll be out there the full nine days, but we'll get to see everything. Yeah. That's um, amazing. As opposed to, yeah. Such a long distance, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't take away from your whole experience at least. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. there there will be the teams racing and gunning it for like four days. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I just don't know. Sorry. No, no, you just don't know what. I don't know how the winning teams are expected to do it in four days. You know, plus minus, let's say four four and a half days or whatever. You know why? I mean, the reason I say this is, if it really is an eight hundred kilometer course, and they said sixty five percent of that is going to be mountain biking, that's roughly. 
520 kilometers of biking. And if you say 520 k's of biking, and then you've still got like 160 to 200 kilometers of trekking, and to squash that into five days, it's just like, or four and a half days, it's just like jeepers. What pace must people be going? Because, you know, expedition racing, usually we're talking 500, maybe 600 k's, but 800 k's, and that's, and still that shorter time. I mean, you know, they know what they've done. They've vetted the course, I'm sure. So, but uh, whoever, Whoever wins this thing or is on the podium for this thing is going to have to really do very little sleep um, if they're going to cover that amount of ground in that time. Yeah, look, I mean, if if you guys go end up going into Grafrenet, right? Mm. Um, sure, I, I might stand very corrected on this, but I think mm. it's it's still the Karoo. And the Karoo yeah. has like flat, open gravel roads. That's yeah. like fast rolling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, if yeah, you yeah. compare that pace of the winning team to mm. like something like the Manga Challenge that's mm. every December in South Africa, it's a thousand and seven hundred k's, and the record mm. for that I think is fifty hours something. Ah, oh, man, that's just wrong. That's <laughs> just wrong. So, I mean, if if you were to do that pace. For yeah. 1,070, and then surely do the trekking and the kayaking mm. and the bit of rope work and clearing mm. in there somewhere. Uh, yeah. It might be possible, but it's going to be yeah, brutal. It be. Eh? It's like literally yeah. you came here for racing and you are going to spend the next week after the event sightseeing. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely yeah, not I mean, going to see it I while you be. race. No, no, no. Agreed, agreed. And yeah, it, it does sound like a fast pace. Because, I mean, even the, the, the maximum elevation, it's, I think, if I remember correctly, it's about 1,600 meters. So that's not very high. And the total elevation gained isn't very high okay. compared to some other you know, world champs. So I mean, like the one in Reunion, I mean, that was insane, the amount of vertical gain. I think it was 25,000 meters or something crazy yes. um, over the whole. Yes. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. And it was such a you know volcanic island. What do you expect? It's going to be steep. Yeah. So, yeah, um, this will be longer, faster pace. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining in any way. Jeez, yes, please. Lacquer. <laughs> <laughs> so, how is adventure? Because this is obviously why we started this whole podcast and the reason for mm. it. Obviously, people are doing mm. amazing things, and we would like to share that. But obviously, there's mm. a point where you have to start. So everyone starts at the bottom. So why did you start with adventure, and how did it influence your life? And your values and perspectives and that. I mean, the broader, the broader topic, yeah, the broader. I mean, uh, I was, I was. Uh, part of it has to do with growing up in a place like South Africa. Okay. You know, uh, I was, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and they just said to me, they were, they were telling me a story about somebody's children um, in this family, and the family broke up. You know, there was a divorce. And one one of the, the the husband or the wife, whatever I think it was the husband, moved to, back to South Africa. The wife was still here, and the wife ended up um, surrendering. You know, saying, "Okay, to her husband, her ex husband, you bring up the children." And the reason being, much as she, you know, it was such a burden on her to say goodbye to her kids in that sense. But but she knew that in South Africa they would have an incredible upbringing. You know, just adventure, lifestyle, outdoors, and all that other kind of stuff. Okay. Um, which turned out to be true. That's what happened to these kids. So 
you know, I think anybody who grows up in a place uh, that's that's very much out of focus, that's a, uh, you know, a hot climate, warm climate, whatever, you know, very conducive to sport. So we're talking New Zealand, we're talking, uh, even though it's cold in some sense, but it's very outdoorsy and Australia and South Africa and um, also, you know, America as well. Uh, those kind of places, people generally just want to get outdoors. Whereas, you know, here where I am, and obviously tens of thousands of people in the UK who love going outside and trail running and mountain biking and all that kind of stuff. But it's not as inviting when it's pouring rain and it's misty and it's cold and it's muddy. So, so growing up on the edge of that 5,000 hectares of nature reserve, my brother and I would just go in there and get lost, like deliberately. And we'd be climbing cliffs and um, tracing rivers and bundubashing like down the sides of, of very, very steep hillsides where you like jump, you, you fall from tree to tree to tree like because it's too steep. You know? Yes. Um, and <laughs> Like a Tarzan you know, and meet Trompy and the Buxom Bender vibe. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, Trompy, exactly. Trompy and the Buxom Bender, exactly. And so that was second nature for us even before we were teenagers, to mess around like that. And my dad was a wildlife artist, so he spent his, his work, although he was painting animals all the time, he would go into the bush to go and research the animals and just watch them. So we would spend you know, countless hours or days going into the bush as a family to just chill out in whatever the game reserves were all over South Africa. Um, and then as I got older, you know, surfing, BMXing, and, um, and then hiking in the berg, um and then uh and this is going back to university you know we'd go and, and going on surf trips up and down the coast on the south coast you know south coast sure. from durban okay. um and snorkeling you know i grew up snorkeling in the sea all the time just, uh, as, as you do like living in a coastal or near a coastal city um and uh and then after Did i left university i went overseas and i was bike packing before bikepacking was a thing you know and so okay. That's kind of all, and you know, rock climbing, all of that kind of stuff. It's just normal in in South Africa, in my experience. Yeah, I mean, we we're quite blessed with places and locations yeah. to do. Like, yeah, I love it. There, there, there's been a there's been a TikTok trend once that I've seen. Mm. There's there might be a lot. I mean, I'm also getting older and out of touch with social, but mm. um, there's one that's been like, this is not Ireland, this is South Africa, or this is not this place like sweden this is south africa and uh, it yeah, yeah, shows yeah. all the everyone thinks yeah. we need to go to look i mean like the alps is amazing but mm, sure. we have very spectacular cliffs in the berg as well so, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and in the cape and uh, yeah, the all cape. over yeah yes yeah, 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 yeah. Um, amazing so obviously being I, so outdoorsy and stuff i think as with myself, it kind of teaches you lessons. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure, for sure, for sure. And uh, when we spoke earlier, you said like one thing you took out of it was like optimism and taking calculated yeah. risks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And let me give you an example. Uh, when in that nature reserve below my parents' house, there were huge gorges with, you know, totally vertical cliffs and lots of rock climbing that goes on there nowadays. And, and there was it even when I was younger. But um, we didn't, my my friends and I, when we used to go disappear into the boss and, and for like half a day or even at night, we'd go in there at midnight and just to mess around. And there are baboons and leopards and, and uh, you know, 
snakes and whatever nonsense, but uh, you know we didn't have any problems. But I one and one of my close friends, uh, we used to often end up scaling cliffs, and we had no equipment. We had no, we couldn't afford it anyway. But uh, <laughs> we would find ourselves up a cliff face, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't um, uh, overhanging. Okay. But if you but if you fell, you died. Like sure. very clearly, you know, and you just you're young and you're dumb, and what do you know, right? So you you optimistic, like hey, there, hey, go this, let's try this, and you're going from one grass ledge to the next grass ledge, kind of like what you see on Bear Grylls do, you know, when yeah. he's not got a rope, doing stupid stuff. <laughs> and um, so you know, we were blessed, we survived this. I even remember crawling behind a waterfall about a hundred meters up a cliff face with a sheer drop, you know, like like uh, just below the so we're behind the water and there's water and we're on our hands and knees. Yes. Anyway. What it taught me was that there's always a way. Like, I, we would get onto, we'd be halfway up a cliff face. There's nobody you can call. There are no mobile phones. We've got no equipment, but we've got optimism. And there was always a way. And so I have that, that mentality from those kind of experiences that no matter what the obstacle is, there's always a way. You know, whatever the challenge is, there's always a way. And my wife is, is similar in that sense. She's like, you know, like, let's say there's a big financial hurdle. She'll say, look, there's a way through this. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. There is a way. We just got to work out what it is. And, and you know, as well as I, you know, that mentality of adapt and improvise and, and, and overcome is, is an essential ingredient. It's probably one of the most important ingredients of an adventure racer. You yeah. have that sense of optimism, even just to get to the start line and to take on something as silly as what we're going to do next week. You've got to have a sense of optimism because otherwise you wouldn't even go to the start line. You'd say, this is stupid. <laughs> Why do I want to suffer so much? It's going to hurt too much. All that kind of thing. So it's that that optimism. I think is is so so important. And even when you make mistakes, as every team tends to do sooner or later, you've got to recover from those mistakes with a sense of optimism. Okay, we made a mistake. So what? What are we going to do about it? You know, yes. there must be a way. Yes. Let's just move on. Yeah. 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 You know. And and what do we learn from it? You know. Uh, maybe not. You're not thinking about that during the race, but afterwards, kind of like, hey, so so how how could we've done better? How how could we improve that? You know, how did why do we make such and such an error? So um, yeah, boundless enthusiasm is a good trait. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so has anything gone wrong yet for the coming yeah. year planning, packing, or not quite? Or is everything still under control? For this race? Yes, or for just this general? race. Um, last week I took my bike in to get the bottom bracket repaired, okay. uh, replaced because it had fallen apart. And the guy looked at my, my frame and there was a crack in the carbon fiber, which has been there for five years since my bike fell off my car Okay. down the motorway. It fell off the, on the freeway, bounced around and it was a new bike, a fairly new bike, you know, and, but I didn't get it repaired because I thought, Oh, maybe it'll work. And it did like, I've, I've taken that on black, black runs and the local bike parks and, the, and the sure. North Wales is full of incredible bike parks, you know, and it hasn't failed. It hasn't failed. It hasn't failed. So I had kind of forgotten about it and it's in the seat stay oh, uh, okay, just cool. above the derailleur, the rear derailleur. And sure. uh, I took the bike and I said to, to the mechanic and I said, Hey, can you just swap out the bottom bracket? And, and I mentioned, Oh, you know, there's a crack. Just be careful. And he said, Hey, you got a crack. I'm not going to touch your bike because insurance wise, I'll be liable. No, even though I'm not touching the crack. So last week, you know, with, with like, 10 days to go, I had to suddenly, you know, he said, no bike shop's going to touch your bike. 
So I had to find a solution for to get carbon repair on my frame. So my bike has arrived back today, and uh, you know I've got to leave in uh, four days, and I have to build the bike, and then still take it back to the bike shop and get the guy to replace the bottom bracket because I don't have the tools. <laughs> so it's just like. Now, all, all these, I got one carbon guy who said he was going to fix it, and I didn't. And then the next guy said, oh, I'll do everything. I'll fix it and do the bottom bracket. Then he got COVID, and I couldn't deal with that. Like, oh, shit. So I ended up to ship it down south and get a, a, a specialist company down near London. Like, you know, and will my bike get lost in transit and, you know, in the post? Or will it get cracked? Whatever. So it came back this afternoon. I'm just like, oh, right now, just before the before we had this conversation, I was putting ball bearings <laughs> You know, greasing them and cleaning them and <laughs> assembling my bike. So cutting it fine, you know. I'm just hoping because it's not just a matter of like I've got four days to put the bike together. I've got four days to do everything that needs to be done, including travel down to London, which is going to be another saga. Um, but I've also got to get the bike and go out and ride it and test it and make sure that I've done everything right and that there's nothing wrong, you know, that I have overlooked. Not sure. I even thought I might end up with the bike in the bike box in pieces. And then it keeps in Francis be assembling the bike, like literally from the bearings up. But uh, I'm hoping that's not going to be the case. <laughs> Look, I love yeah, it. So that's, yeah. Um, no, I mean, adventure racing is always shocking to me because it's always people with the worst gear. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's been bashed. It's been through stuff. It's like they'll yeah. rather put this tuckies on because they know, like after this race, it will be done and they'll chuck it out. They won't put on the yeah. new pair. It's like yeah. <laughs> yes, you yeah. can really do adventure racing with anything, really. Yeah. It's not yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's, the one sport discipline where specs does not matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. True. True. I mean, people have, have won very big, very serious races on loner mountain bikes that are the kind you buy from from pick and pay or Walmart or wherever yes. you live, you know, like kind of a clunker made out of with a steel frame with 21 gears and the lowest spec of everything. And people have won serious yes. expedition races on that against very tough teams, you know. So yeah. it's it's what's in the in, in your petrol tank that matters, not so much the gear. Ah, oh, it's amazing, dude. Like your mm. 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 so while being out there, obviously I think people will obviously catch up and follow and dot watch and all that mm. and then hopefully come across this and listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, inspirational messages for people aspiring to do adventures, not just adventure yeah. racing, but just getting out yeah. there, short hike in the Berg. Yeah. 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 So what's your message? Um, my message is... Uh, I mean, it comes back to that mental thing, right? So there's a challenge, whatever that challenge is. Like it might be, I want to go for a hike in the burger and I've never done that in my life before. Uh, it's the mental component that matters the most. Because if you say you can't do it, you, you definitely can't do it. But if you say maybe I could or maybe I it's it's giving yourself the opportunity to go and fail is very important. Yeah. Because, you you, it, you know, if you manage to, to reach that peak in the Drakensberg or you don't, that doesn't really matter. What really matters is you will learn stuff. You will in, you will experience stuff. You will experience life. So let's say you 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 it gets rained out or you get you know suffer hypothermia and have to turn around and terrible weather comes in. So what you've learned how to deal with something. 
so that next time you'll be more successful. And then the time after that, you'll be even more successful. So it's not that you sh- that people should say, I can't do it. It's, it's like, let me give myself a chance to at least try it. And even if I don't achieve my original goal, you know, this is living. Adventure is so important just in terms of exploration, like curiosity, uh, uh, widening one's horizons, uh, wide, uh, high, you know, widening one's perspective on life, on other people's perspectives on life. You know, if you travel to other countries and see other things, like why, why would you not be curious about trying to savor everything life can give you? And there's, you know, to turn around and say, well, this is too tough or this is too hard or I understand that, but nobody really knows what they're capable of until they give themselves a chance and try. It's that mentality that's really important. That's where the optimism comes in. Like, Let me just try. Let me just see what happens. I don't need guarantees. I don't need everything laid out. And actually, that's something that just to mention that in kind of tandem, something I've been quite distressed at in a sense, not grieved about but the number in in the trail running community in south africa in the uk which is exploding you know and that's a good thing and people doing ultras and all sorts of things is how many people want everything spelled out before they do the event or before they undertake the challenge like is this going to be taken care of is that going to be done is this and it's just like please dude like like that's that wanting safety and security in everything is not healthy yeah you know? <laughs> Yeah. Nothing's nothing's going to be run perfectly to plan. Nothing's going to be perfectly predictable, no matter what you do. So yes, it's good to have a plan, but don't don't be like I need all these assurances before I actually prepare to step out of across the threshold and actually go out into the outdoors and see things and experience things. Take small steps. Take small steps, and they'll get longer and longer and longer and bigger and bigger. And then one day you'll, as everybody I know, including myself, one day you'll turn around and say, "Flipping heck, I had no idea." you know, months ago or years ago that I was ever going to be able to achieve this thing. Personally, I never, when I first discovered that people could stay awake for 36 hours, just climbing Mount Everest, I was like, flip and heck, how on earth? And now, (laughs) (laughs) how little sleep can you operate on? Or in this case, it's going to be up to nine days. Yeah. On probably two hours a night maximum, something like that. You know, it's insane. It's awesome. Listen, just to get back to that other part where you said people want everything spelled out, yeah. like spoon-fed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Isn't there a part like, because that's not that I want to be spoon-fed, right? Just mm. the unknown. Because yeah. normally when I shot EA and stuff, it was for the actual event. So I, I've always yeah, learned, yeah. listen, we'll get a brief, go there, yeah. there's a nice spot, whatever. Yeah. Now yeah. that I'm team media, yeah. it's quite different. So I get sure. my plan the same time or my maps the same time you guys do. And that's mm-hmm. less than 24 mm-hmm. hours before you start. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that like a bit like frightening? Is it exciting? Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's only <laughs> adventure racing that works like this. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it's a positive. For in adventure racing, the fact that we don't know the full course, you know, the way EA does it, and for those who don't know, Stefan likes to hand out the maps stage by stage by stage, or a couple of stages at a time. He doesn't tend to give the maps for the entire course right at the beginning. 
And so you only discover where you're going as you go. And that actually relieves quite a lot of stress as an adventure racer rather than causing stress because you only have to focus on the here and now, like we're doing this stage, and that's all we need to focus on. And when you're planning, like as you say, we'll get some maps shortly before the event. We'll only have to worry about that. When I did um, the ARWC in Spain two years ago um, in Galicia, they gave us at the start line all the maps, and my team elected to have two sets of those maps. So we had 50 A3 pages per set. So I was carrying 50 A3 pages in my pack. I, I couldn't leave them anywhere. I couldn't put them in a bike box and everything. And we were given them one hour before the start. So all four team members are like frantically spacing out the maps on the in front of this like the start line. And all teams are doing the same thing, trying to sketch out as much of the um course as possible. And uh oh, let me just uh some things pinging away. Let me just turn off this down thing. And uh that was stressful because you're trying to do as much as you can, you know before the race actually kicks off and then the race kicks off and you've got all these pages and you definitely haven't done all the course. So I think um, the EA approach is actually quite, uh, you, you won't spend the whole night before the race starts, like frantically pouring over the maps and trying to work out the best route because you just don't have them. And then it'll be a revelation as it unfolds. And I love that. I love that. I hate doing in my, in my own little world, I hate doing uh, events when I, you know, like let's say ultra running or, or trail running events where they do the same route every year because that's boring. Why would I want to do that again and again and again? In my, you could say it's an adventure to do an event every single time because you're a different person every single time, even though it's the same course. But, you know, that for me is one of the, the gems of adventure racing is that every time you do the event, you have no real idea what's coming. And that excites me and that, that piques my curiosity. And so, not knowing is a bonus because we will know, you know, when the time is right. Yeah. So after this, <laughs> what, what is next for you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, from, a, from an adventure perspective, I do not know. Um, I wish, well, you know, I saw um, Heidi and Stefan decided to, to put on uh, – Expedition Africa in Namibia next year. And it happens to be right on my birthday, which is like, you know, Ooh. even the icing on the cake. Bargain. But, yeah, bargain. But <laughs> I, um, I, you know, to, to travel from the UK to South Africa to do this event, which is the big prize to, to do the world champs, to then, you know, six months later to go back to South Africa and do Namibia. I've been holding out, like literally for these 10 years, one of two things. either if the world champs is going to be in South Africa to do that, or if it is going to be in Namibia, like it doesn't have to be a world champs, just the race in Namibia. And there, Heidi and Stefan go do both. <laughs> Six months apart. It's just like, flipping heck, what a dilemma. You know, like, ah, ah. So, yeah, it, it, the world champs for me is, is the one I've chosen to do. Okay. But, um, it's, that's where I would love to go. But other than that, I'm only focusing on finishing this. I have nothing formal planned at all. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's sad. <laughs> no, I think it's amazing. It just goes with the whole thing. And I think we've, we've established a big theme throughout this episode is it is what it is. Mm. And mm. 
basically everything in good time. And you can take that from adventures yeah. to life. Yeah. Just be positive. Yeah. Everything will pan out yeah. the way it should. Yeah. Yeah, I live my life. I live my life on faith because that's the way to live. So, hey, it'll all work out. It'll all work out. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Listen, in closing, thank you for your time. Um, no, no, thank you. Just tell people if they want to follow you, well, except for uh, the race, where can they get you on socials and all yeah, that stuff? Obviously, we'll be um, linked down in the description. But yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, um, in uh, on YouTube, as you said, it's called AR on AR. So that's the adventure racing channel. I'm actually, yeah, believe it or not, <laughs> there's been a long break where I haven't been putting out any content, but I've I've got stuff that's that's sitting waiting on the shelf for me to to edit and, and put out. Like there's no question. This is not a fake promise. I have to. I've been I've been paid to do it. Somebody's commissioned me to do something. So there's no question. I will be bringing out an episode shortly after the world champ. Um, and um, you know, as a content producer, you kind of if people are asking you to do stuff, you know, you can't just brush it off. I I, I want to I want to I want to. I want to give back to the community that that has given a lot to me, you know. And okay. uh, adventure racing is like that generally, you know. Like people are are, are so are so uh, what's the word helpful and approachable. Yes. So yeah, my, I've got my YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram, but I only tend to put on Instagram the stuff that I, I put on YouTube anyway. And then on Sleep Monsters, yeah, I'll go and do reporting for Sleep Monsters uh, when something comes up. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much, I'm on Facebook, but, and I'm on Strava and all those other kind of things, but that's not really important. Yeah. It's, um, the adventure racing stuff that I focus on. No, good. We'll keep an eye out, especially for the yeah. YouTube stuff. And then we'll share it on oh, our no. platform for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. 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 So one last question for you, yes. um, seeing as you're going to be out on the course, am I supposed to smile when I see you or am I supposed to try and look like I'm in pain and suffering? Oh, I mean... Whatever comes first. Whatever comes first. Just don't pose. Yes. Yes, I know. Oh, I saw a photo today. We're going off topic yeah. and we meant to say bye, but I'll just yeah. leave you with this. Um, yeah. I saw a photo of today. they advertising some wild run somewhere. Everything's called wild. Mm. And mm. it's this amazing setting. People are like in the water. It's splashing. And... You can see they kind of just stopped, gathered their group of everyone that ran together and had the mm. photo with the, you know, the thumbs up, the thumbs yeah, up pose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And nothing breaks mm. a photo like that for me, especially when you want to yeah. show your friends yeah. what you did afterwards. It's like yeah. you want to be in it. Yeah. It's like smiling, having yeah, yeah, fun, totally. experience life, like be in it. Yeah. Forget about yeah. socials and stuff and posing for your fans. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. I mean... It's um, and every single photo that you see of them, it's all thumbs up. It's all thumbs up, and that's not actually honest, <laughs> yeah, no. because you don't feel like that the whole time. So why every time they see a camera, like e -e -e, everything's fine? Well, actually, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. But like, yeah, thank you. Good luck with the race. Like, I yeah. hope it goes well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely yeah, do yeah, a catch up afterwards. In a few months yeah. or so, and then just go through yeah. it. But yeah, I yeah, think it's I mean. going to be an amazing experience. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be awesome to see you, dude. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, I like it. Adam Jeff. Thanks for playing.